purpose is walking out our faith and not just talking words. This, this one is convicting. If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. Apparently those tax collectors were not the most popular or the most loved people. Hello friend, how in the world are you? And welcome to all of my new distant DNA cousins. You honor me, you bless me by subscribing to my channel. And it is our channel, it is our place for joy as we grow and glean from the word of God, as we learn and we dive in to the number one best-selling book in the world. And as we learn to apply the word of God through the power of his Holy Spirit. Welcome to Life and Faith Chats. I am your host, my name is Joy, and this is A Place for Joy. We're going to be doing a Bible study together. I need you to stick with me. Don't go. You're joining me. So I'm inviting you to get your favorite Bible or what you study with, um, your phone app, to get your notebook and paper or your journal and get yourself ready, get your favorite drink. Do stick until the end. I pray that it is a blessing and an encouragement and that the Holy Spirit uses it to exalt the name of Jesus, to challenge us and to draw us closer. That is my prayer and also to cause us to be doers of his word so that we come into this place where we actually know him and where we actually cooperate with him in bringing in this kingdom from heaven to earth that we claim we want or preparing us for the kingdom that we say we want to go to. So I'm going to move at a very controlled pace because I really want us to do this together. Get your Bible, read with me today. Um, use your tablet, Let, let's do this together, please. I'm starting in Luke and it's chapter 16, verse 19. It is a short parable that is packed with so much meaning. And I've read it before, I never saw this. And I pray that you will see even more. And when you do, share it in the comments. Share it with a friend. Share it with a distant DNA cousin and relative. We're supposed to be stirring these things up and sharing and exhorting one another. It starts off like this, and I'm reading from the NLT, New Living Translation. Now there was a rich man dressed in purple and fine linen very detailed. Now there was a rich man dressed in purple and fine linen who lived each day in joyous splendor. And a beggar named Lazarus lay at his gate, covered with sores and longing to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his source. 
Let's not run on. There is more to this story, but let's park here. Let's park here. You think about it for a moment. See if you notice anything. Let the Holy Spirit enlighten you because I was like, Lord, speak to me. Talk to me. What is in this for me? What is this that I can apply to my life? What do I have to do with a rich man wearing purple in his fine linen? And what does Lazarus, the poor man, have to do with me? So ask those questions. Don't take off. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. Let's pray about it. Let's meditate on that. What was the Lord? This is Jesus given this teaching. What was it that he wanted us to know? Because if we believe the Bible, we know that his words are eternal. What was he trying to show us to give us life? What was it about? When I was teaching to get them prepared for standardized tests, they had a lot of reading passages and something to teach them to give them, give them a deep dive into what they were reading or experiencing was learning how to compare and contrast. So if we're looking at the compare and contrast that Jesus, master teacher, did so brilliantly, he starts with the rich man and a poor man. Why? Why? And he talks about how well-dressed and even down to the color that this rich man has on, straight on down to the poor man. We don't know what he's wearing, so our imagination can come into place. He's at this rich man's gate. He's outside of where this rich man is, but still in proximity of his property, he's at his gate. We don't know what he's wearing, but we know that his covering is sores. You hear the comparison and contrast? What do we need to know? What have you picked up just from that? Think about it, write it down. What are some differences that you've picked up right away? What are some differences? I'm going to share with you a few. And y'all, I learned some things and they just kept coming in my spirit as I kept meditating during the week. But let's start because I need to slow myself down because we're doing this together and I don't want to throw it all on you because the Holy Spirit is faithful. If you ask him, he will reveal and peel back truths to you. Okay, the rich man the very prosperous man, the thing that we all pray for. He is well-dressed. The Bible says that. And purple represents royalty. So was he some kind of ruler? Let me put it this way. He seems to have had influence. He seems to not only have been rich, he had influence. That is very important. And then we have a poor man. And this poor man has no influence. He's in front of this man's home for a reason. Why was he in front of this rich man's home? What was the Lord trying to show us? Why is he there? And he's covered with sores. That is his dress. So for this 
let's say something. I had done several things and it's pretty long where the Lord kept dropping and I was writing it down. I was like, I got to share this with my DNA cousins. I got to tell my friends this and trying to put it in order. And I have this. But one of the things that is powerful, powerful, just at the beginning of this, the Lord is telling this story. Let's back up. He knows everybody. We sing that song, he knows my name. I'm not going to sing, you sing it. <laughs> How come he didn't call the rich man by his name? He called him the rich man. But he took time to call the poor man Lazarus. How come Lazarus, the poor man, has a name and the rich man does not have a name? How come the Lord includeth even what the rich man was wearing and what he did, he ate sumptuously. That, that's very descriptive. How come we know what he did, what he wore, even the color, but we don't know his name? And how come the one who has the dogs licking on him, God knows his name? That should give you a Ah, in all we do, in all we gain, in all we gather, if God doesn't know our name, ah. Now, let me read a scripture to you to tie that in. Because the Bible tells us, and Jesus said this, what does it profit a man? to gain the whole world and lose his one soul. Things that make us say, mm. isn't it scary that God doesn't know this rich man's name? He's rich, but God doesn't know his name. That may have been influential on this side of the earth, but in heaven, we want God to know us by our name. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I've taken it out of the context in which he was speaking to them. Um, but this verse goes with what I'm saying here in terms of God recognizing who you are. And he's talking with them and he said, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. You know, because he had sent them out and they had come back and it was successful in their their mission that he had sent them to do. He was excited for them. But listen to what he says. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. That That is really important um, because it's enough to make us question. And if we haven't, to begin to self-assess, to begin to be, to ask God, do you know my name? I, I think it's more real for us to ask him now than to wait. And am I doing what it is that you want me to be doing? Is, are there things that I need to be doing? Are there things I'm ignoring that's important to you? 
And we're not even going to the next verse, but let's get right here. Why was Lazarus at this man's gate? Is it because Lazarus was hoping that this rich man could help him? And for us, as we constantly question in our hearts, well, if God could do this, well, why isn't God doing this? And for the unbeliever, it's like, if there was a God, he wouldn't let this happen. Is it because God means what he says that he's given us the power and the authority and he give this earth to the sons of man and that we are responsible and answering Cain's question about his brother Abel. He asks God, am I my brother's keeper? Is it because we actually are? And part of this rich man's abundance where Lazarus just wanted the scraps. Was it because he was actually assigned in this life to be a relief to this man? Is it also interesting that this man might have been doing great things in the community that he didn't see what was closest to him at his gate? Because you know, the hardest people to love and to minister to are the people closest to us. Um, from mother-in-laws to annoying uh, um, acquaintances, to estranged siblings, to annoying neighbors, to bosses that are not kind, to people who reek with sores and different things that are not perfect. Is it that God wants us or wants us to be a conduit of his love to minister to them? That's the beginning of our dive. Does God know our name? And if we believe he does, we're not the poor ones that are outside. If we believe he does, we're inside, we're dressed and equipped with his love. What are we doing to the people that have been assigned to us and that are at our gate? Do come back because we're doing this together and we're going to take the word seriously and we're going to walk into this as we're about to enter into a new month, the month of love, especially in the United States, but now influenced and all over the world. How are we loving our neighbors? I started off saying, if we love those who are like us, kind, I find that very difficult because it's easy to love people who smell good, look good and do the right things and who love me back. But let's find out what's really on the heart of God because I want him to know my name and I want him to know your name too because you're my distant DNA cousin. You're my friend. You're my relative. Thank you for joining me on Life and Faith Chat. It's a little bit different, but that's what we're working on. Bring a friend, subscribe, remember to thumbs it up. And more than that, more than anything,
if you don't do any of those things. Let's take the word of God seriously. Let's dive into it. Let's pray for one another. Let's do what God says. Let's stop talking about it. Let's do it. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Thank you. Love you. Peace. See you next weekend, my friend, for part two.